Just Our Real Estate, episode number 270. So the first thing you need to do, find somebody who has done what you've already or what you want to do and effectively just badger them until they start working with you. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for joining me here at Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and today I've got a great show for you. I've got something cool lined up, some cool content that I want to share with you, and I'm excited to do that. But before I do, I want to talk to you about two things. Number one, are you a new real estate investor who really wants to get into this, this business of real estate investing, but you're just overwhelmed? You don't know what to do. You don't know where to start. You need some guidance. You need to see some, you know, some, some materials that can kind of walk you through through it or give you the encouragement or answer the tough questions that you have about your specific business and your specific challenges. If that's the case and you really want some good uh, content that you can use to move forward and start this business and do it right and get all of your, your questions answered, and I mean all of them answered, then what you need to do is go to my website on the front page on the far right hand side, there is a banner for the Fail Fast Flipping program. That's right, Fail Fast Flipping. Why is it called Fail Fast? Because we want you to get out there and get going, get started, just start your business. You're gonna fail, you're gonna have bumps and bruises, you're gonna you know, encounter challenges, but you wanna get that out of the way so you can get on to making money and being successful. Everybody has bumps and bruises along the way in the beginning, but if you get out there and fail fast, then you can move forward and be successful. So go to my website on the front page on the right-hand side. There's a little banner for the Fail Fast Flipping Program. Click on that link, go to the page, and check it out. It'll give you all the information about the program before you ever make a decision to jump in and, and get started. And there is a 30-day 30, 30 money-back guarantee. I'm telling you, there is no training in real estate anything close to this for anywhere near the price. And honestly, for any price, you're not gonna find training like this. I don't care how much you're willing to spend, you'll never find training better than this. And the price is incredibly reasonable. So go check it out. I know you're gonna love it, especially if you really wanna get yourself going in the right direction and avoid a lot of the pitfalls along the way. Now, if you've been in the, in the industry for a little while, if you're generating leads but not getting enough leads, I wanna talk to you about a great lead, lead capturing website and the program that you use to create a great website, and it's called Lead Propeller. Again, if you go to my website on the front page, on the right-hand side, you'll see a banner for Lead Propeller. Lead Propeller is a online software that you can use to set up a fantastic lead generating website. Guys, I have one. I'm talking from experience. I'm already getting leads in from the website organically through the internet, through Google searches, and you can too. There's a lot of ways to get leads in this business, but I'm telling you a way that people are not utilizing to its full potential is online. Everyone knows about realtors, everyone knows about direct mailing, very few people understand how to harness the power of the internet to bring leads to your inbox every single day. I'm doing it, I love it, I've already gotten deals from it. I think you should check it out. So go to my website on the right-hand side, click on the Lead Propeller banner, right? Go to juststartrealestate.com, the right-hand side, Lead Propeller banner, click on it, check it out. Again, you can read all about it before you make a decision. Make sure that you enter the promo code, Just Start. If you decide to get a, 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 
uh, lead propeller site and you'll get one month to try it for free. So you can start generating those leads before you ever pay a dime for it. I suggest you do it. Go check it out. You will be happy guys that you did. I love mine. Okay, let's dive into the show. All right, guys, thank you for joining me today. I am really excited about the interview. Today, I am bringing back an interview with a guy I did named Kenny Estes. And uh, Kenny's a buy and hold investor, and he's a really smart guy, really sharp guy. And what I love about Kenny is he's real no-nonsense. He's real, like he doesn't, you know, sugarcoat. He doesn't, you know, try to blow smoke or, or make this, uh, this, this business of ours, this real estate investing business, sound easier than it is. Because, guys... It's not it's not complicated, but it, it takes work, right? And and Kenny's all about putting in the work, and he's all about telling you how it actually is, not how you know some guru makes it sound on late night TV. So take a listen. Kenny is a finance guy with a finance background. He's a buy and hold investor, and one of the sharpest guys I've ever interviewed. And I just want you to take a listen to this interview. I think it's well worth a listen. Let me know what you think. Shoot me an email. I love hearing from you guys. But I'm telling you, Kenny's one of those guys that'll just shoot straight and tell you how it is. So take a listen. I'm excited for you to hear it. And here we go with Kenny Estes. I'm super happy to welcome my guest to the show today. Um, this gentleman is named Kenny Estes. For those of you uh, who maybe follow him on Bigger Pockets, you are familiar with him. Uh, just to give you a quick rundown here of, of Kenny's background, uh, he attended Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri, earning a degree in mathematics and computer science in 2006. As a freshman, he purchased his first single-family home to live in and started renting it out to the, uh, the following year. He started renting it out. Uh, this opened his eyes to the joy of buying, owning, and renting real estate, and he made it a hobby. Over the next five years, he grew his hobby to include over 100, 100 rental units and a property management company. In 2002, Kenny started working for Getco LLC, one of the earliest and most prestigious high-frequency trading firms. Over the next 10 years, Kenny worked as a trader and computer programmer in both their Chicago and London offices. In 2008, his father bought a 32-unit apartment building in South Bend, Indiana, and quickly realized the potential in single-family residential properties in the area. Dan, his, his father Dan, and Kenny started buying homes and before long, opened the opportunity to an, the initial three brave investors that they used. As of this writing, they have four full-time employees in Indiana and about 180 units producing solid returns without any leverage, which is key, and we will talk to him about that. In 2012, Kenny turned his hobby into a full-time career when he resigned from Getco and moved back to the United States. At the same time, Pear Tree was born. He is now 29 and has 10 years of experience in both finance and real estate. He's looking forward to building a strong portfolio of income-producing properties for himself and his investors. Recently, Kenny started writing a blog, which is at PearTreeProperty.com, talking about his thoughts on real estate, how Pear Tree is going to grow, and how they invest. In his free time, he enjoys the. Uh, I'm sorry. In, the, in his free time, Kenny enjoys setting challenges for himself. He's an Ironman, a private pilot, an advanced open water scuba diver, and passably good skier, <laughs> and a lover of travel. Passably good skier. That, that's 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 a good a good way of putting it because you don't want to not be passable when you're a skier. Okay, welcome to the show, Kenny. I appreciate you being on. Uh, thanks for having me on, Mike. Hey, no problem, no problem at all. So, 
a lot of a lot of uh, things to talk about here uh, right off the bat. I just want to make it clear to everyone: you started basically investing in real estate or bought your first house, I should say, when you were a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was now, uh, interesting. That one is a uh, in Kirksville, Missouri. It turns out the real estate is not the most expensive thing. <laughs> it's just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so really, actually, that was my parents helping out because my brother went to UCLA out of state tuition and I got I went there and I uh, just I had a scholarship as well so I didn't really have much of an expense and um, I guess I kind of guilted them into uh, it was originally they were going to help buy a car and then we got down there and started looking at real estate prices and uh, hey you can go buy a house for what you can buy a car for so we went with that option instead Uh, that's the only only one they really helped me with Um, uh, beyond that point like it was all you know reinvesting the returns from those and then you know I was in finance as well, um, you know during summer and, and um, holidays and stuff like that. So I was able to uh, take some funds and put it towards growing the enterprise while I was going through school. Okay, and it says over the after you bought that first one over the next five years, you uh, you grew your portfolio to over one hundred rental units. Now you did that before you became a serious investor. I mean, this was still at a hobby level, and you had a hundred rental units. Yeah. Um, yeah, in Kirksville, um, like I said, I was in finance, and that was just kind of my own money and kind of reinvest and grow and reinvest and grow and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, that was before we had an investment pool. Um, that was kind of just getting my feet wet. Um, I definitely made plenty of mistakes. I actually, on Bigger Pockets, have a, uh, a, a blog uh, all about how, you know, there's uh, – <laughs> Some things I wouldn't do again. The biggest one was I was just too aggressive in how I was growing. Um, I got, you know, in the 2007, 2008, you know, the whole downturn that hurt everybody. Um, sure. You know, in Kirsten, Missouri, there's swings and roundabouts. It doesn't have the big booms, but it also doesn't have the big busts. But it did slide off a little bit. So, you know, it, was, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't the most comfortable position to be in. Um, for a little while there, but you know that's kind of behind us now, and just kind of sitting on the portfolio and uh, letting letting the cash flow uh, pay down all of my debt there. Okay, fantastic. So that's your background. Can you tell me a little bit about your business today? Obviously, you're a full time investor. How does that? How does your business look? Where is your area of uh, focus, and what do you spend most of your time on in terms of your business? Sure. Um, we mostly invest in South Bend slash Mishawaka in Indiana. Um, that's where Notre Dame is, although we don't really have any student housing. Um, Notre Dame's a bit like the Vatican is to Rome. It's technically in Rome, but it doesn't really pay taxes or really to the city itself. Um, okay. So we do most of blue collar, single family, um, residential. Um, with my background, um, I spend a lot of time on the investor side of things, um, talking to investors, um, you know, raising funds, answering their questions, um, ensuring that, uh, well, essentially that they're happy and that things are performing as well as they need to be. But I do also have a lot of the day-to-day responsibility. I'm actually in South Bend, Mishawaka, probably two to three days a week, um, kind of overseeing the office, making sure that everything's running smoothly and uh you know, we're doing our fiduciary responsibility with our investors' money. Um, okay. Recently, we're looking to branch out. Um, you know, we actually made our first purchase outside of the South Bend, Mishawaka area, um, a commercial unit actually up in Minnesota, of all places. It's a triple net lease, so it's something completely different. 
um, with the triple net um, and crunching our numbers because we did get it at a at a bankruptcy auction. Um, it, we should be able to do it remotely, but um, like I said, it's a new direction for us, and we want to see if that's a, a viable long-term growth strategy for us. Okay, and I just want to make sure everyone realizes uh, we, you know, we spoke briefly prior to to getting on the on here, and I know that you live in Chicago, right? Yeah, I live in Chicago. Okay. Yep. Okay, and you invest in South Bend, so that's interesting. And I think a lot of conventional wisdom. I, I know why you did it, but just for everyone listening, conventional wisdom says you invest where you live because you know the area, you're familiar, you can be there all the time. Why are you investing in South Bend, and what kind of challenges does that uh, present? Sure. Uh, the biggest challenge is a lot of driving. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as bad as you might think. From door to door, you're only looking about an hour and a half. And we, uh, you know, we rent back one of the properties we own down there. So, I mean, it's, it's actually not too bad. Um, the reason we did it is as you get into more urban areas, cash flow becomes pretty much non-existent. It's pretty hard to find something that's going to get you relatively good returns just off cash flow. Um, the reason for that is, my personal opinion is in cities, a lot of the prices are set based mostly on speculative fervor. Um, you know, it's this area is hot. Oh, let's go buy a bunch there. It's not so much built around um, economic fundamentals. You know, you need more income than expenses to justify a particular price point. Um, as you get out into rural areas, it turns out there's not as many people to speculate. And you can actually, you know, prices fall in line with what, rents determined they should be and you're able to get you know strong returns just on rental cash flow um i mean for instance for the last few years we're getting in south bend's um nine to ten percent cash flow per year um without any without any debt whatsoever um you know you, you're not going to find anything uh, with that type of ratio in chicago sure now when you say without any debt you're using your current rentals to fund the the future ones is that what you're doing? Um, we also raise funds from uh, investors. Um, okay, so when you say no debt, you mean no like institutional lender? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess gotcha. that's a fair that's a fair distinction. Uh, okay. um, but it does it's also a strong one because once you got institutional lenders and banks involved, um, your bureaucratic headache goes up significantly. <laughs> oh yeah, even if they do have you know relatively decent rates. Plus, well, and the speed at which you can react to an investment opportunity is is like a snail's pace. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, we try to keep it simple. We have we're working towards um, having one LLC that owns everything. So you know, an investor comes in, you know, they effectively just get a percentage of um, that investment LLC, the one investment LLC we have. So everybody gets automatic diversification. You know, you don't have to worry about this house isn't doing as well as that house. So one investor's happy, one investor's angry, sort of thing. And we own a fair amount of it, so we got some skin in the game as well. Okay, that's fair enough. Now, I do want to ask you. I got a, a couple things I want to ask you, but I'm going to reverse the way I want to do this because we're into it a little bit now. Would you mind talking us through a typical deal of yours, uh, like a case study kind of a thing, and tell me, you know, just I, I know every, I know there's a lot of costs that go into it, but just some of the some of the more general stuff: the purchase, the rehab, you know, what it costs you to market it, you know, what does it cost you to rent a house, and what kind of you know, when you say nine percent returns. I get what you're saying, but 
maybe just put it in in dollar amount so people can better digest what you're saying. You know, what what are your costs and what are your rents and how much are you clearing every month on a typical house? Sure. Um, you know, the obvious one, the numbers come to mind quickest is this commercial unit we just purchased. Um, so that is, like I said, in Minnesota, um, the all-in cost for the investors is going to be around seven hundred thousand um, dollars, and it's a triple net lease, which means pretty much all or all of the expenses are covered by the tenant um, via a lovely mechanism just called common area maintenance or CAM. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the business is responsible for a lot of the upkeep on the building. So very, very low expenses. Um, the cash flow off of that particular property um, is going to be about $74,000 a year. So there's going to be some other expenses in there, you know, getting there and back and, and things like that. Um, but that's how we're going to be getting this, um, 10% return per year. On the single family side of things, um, how much goes towards rehab, how much goes towards the actual purchase price, it really, it really varies by, you know, the house situation. So, for example, um, one of my favorite purchases is we bought, we have, there was three brothers that were involved. They inherited from their mother about a dozen or so homes. Um, that they just didn't want to deal with. Um, they were living in different parts of the world, and they just wanted it out of it. So we ended up picking up three properties, um, five units, because two of them were duplexes, for $37,000 in total. Um, the total rehab cost, it looks like, between all three, is going to be around 60000 And the monthly rent off those is about... Let's see if I can this up. It's about sixteen hundred dollars a month off of them. So that's what you're netting sixteen hundred. That's what the monthly rent is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the net is going to be. I mean, we actually find that that the old standby at fifty percent expenses is actually pretty good. Um, okay. So we're going to be coming out of that with about eight hundred dollars a month. Of, okay. Uh, actual cash flow. Awesome. Okay, so what this podcast is about is called Just Our Real Estate, and it just you know just to reiterate. The idea here is is you see a lot of real estate investors that spend a lot of time on forums and they're asking a lot of questions and they're reading, you know, rich dad, poor dad, and, and next thing you know, three, four, or five years went by and they really haven't got in the game. Um, so what we're advocating here is, and I think I, I've talked to you a little bit, so it's a little bit of a loaded question, but at some point, if you're going to do this, you have to do it, right? You can only read and study and analyze it for so long, and even as a numbers guy like you are. At some point, you know, you pulled the trigger and you have to pull the trigger. However, there's a lot of things you can do wrong and there's a lot of mistakes you can make and there's money to be lost. So I'm not advocating throwing money at just whatever foreclosure, you know, you see and, mm-hmm. and jumping in there. That's, that's ludicrous and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not advocating that. However, there are some things that you want to caution people before they start. If you had to say the biggest mistakes, some of the biggest mistakes that you're seeing new real estate investors make or the kinds of questions that you get where you just go, holy cow, this person's just going to really tank here if they if they move forward. What are some of the things you're seeing that people do where you just, you know, you kind of cringe? Sure. Um, you know, this probably isn't going to make the happiest in the world, but uh, the biggest one that I see is people actually get in too early. Um, you know, you look at these gurus, um, they're saying, hey, you know, you can make a lot of money in real estate pretty easily. Um, the thing about the people like, you know, Robert Kiyosaki is a really good example, right? Um, 
the the books, a lot of them talk about, hey, you can make really good money in real estate and it makes it sound really, really easy because at the end of the day, he's out there to sell books, right? They really don't care how successful you as an individual are. Um, so a lot of people that are advocating, hey, go into real estate, do this no money down, you can do it today. Um, it just It's a fundamental lack of risk or lack of understanding of risk. Um, if you want to start investing in real estate, recognize that when you first start out, it is going to be another job. Um, if you're buying one house and you're going to be getting no money down, which means your debt charge is going to be astronomically large, and you're hoping to clear $100 a month on your property, you are making for a per, on a per hour basis less than minimum wage. It's a lot of work. I mean, if you crunch the numbers and how many hours to maintain it to find the property in the first place, it's way less than minimum wage, right? Um, You would be much better going out and getting a part-time job and saving up a bundle and investing conservatively without taking on too much debt. You're going to sleep better at night, and you're going to have you're going to be paying the bank less interest. Um, You're going to get a better return on your time when the time comes to actually start investing in real estate. So I know you say, you know, you got to pull the trigger at some point. You do. You definitely need to start investing. But before you go into real estate, realize it is a job. It is hard. It's a lot of work. Don't go into it just because you feel that you're reading about this guru telling you, hey, you can make so much money and you're leaving dollars on the table. Because realistically, it's, it's not really there. Yeah, I and I, I know what you're saying. I, I get it. I guess to me, there's a fine line between jumping in without knowing what you're doing, and ten years later, you're still going over the numbers and and you're looking at the new guru's way of making money. I mean, pretty much anybody who who makes it sound easy and and effortless, and you don't need credit, you don't need money, you don't need experience, you don't need knowledge. You know, you shouldn't. You should run as fast as you can away from that person because they're clearly lying to you. You know, it's like your your parents. I'm sure told you if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. There's no there's no difference here in real estate, and you're absolutely right. It's a job. It's work. It's hard. More times than not, you're gonna wonder why you're doing it. But but if you do it right, and if you're if you're conscientious and you're and you're careful with your risk. There, there can be some reward at the end of the day, right? I mean, yeah, you you wouldn't do it if there wasn't, and I I don't think this is for everybody, but you have to, I guess you have to focus a little bit, right? You can't. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do fix and flips. I'm gonna do buy and hold. I'm gonna trade notes. I'm gonna do lease options. You know, I mean, at some point you have to focus on something and go for that. And, and and do that thing and find some people that you can talk to that have experience in that thing and become really, really good at it. Um, just just kind of floating around and listening. First of all, I hate the word guru because, you know, I, the last thing I ever want to be is a guru because it just it yeah. sounds like such a horrible thing to be and nobody really likes them. God knows how they're making money, but they're just preying on people's, you know, insecurities and their ability, their, their desire to want to do something without working for it, right? So, well, I mean, if you can get somebody, I mean, I can't tell you how many examples I have of this. It's, you know, they pay ten, fifteen thousand dollars for a weekend with a guru, right? These are people that can only buy stuff because they don't have any money to put down, and then somehow this guy is such a good salesman he can get them to give him that much money, and then at right. the end of the weekend you're not an expert. I mean, it just doesn't work that way, and pretty much you're just, you know, throwing your money away, and the guy's just, you know, a snake oil salesman. Yep, 
Hundred percent. So that being said, <laughs> if someone came to you and said, "Kenny, I, yeah. I, I am going to do real estate. There's just no way you can talk me out of it." However, I want to do it right. I want to be smart. Where? How do I start? What would you do if you were going to start over? If you decided to start over and actually follow the same path, which you may you may or may not decide to do it with the knowledge that you have, but mm-hmm. let's just say you were going to start over and try to recreate your empire. What would you do different? How would you do it? Sure. Um, I'm going to get to your question, but I'm going to go on a slight detour first, if you don't mind too terribly much. Go for it. Much. No, go for it. Um, the first thing, if somebody says, that, hey, they really want to get into real estate, um, they need to be passionate about real estate. And like I said, it is a job. It is work, right? You're not going to start out being a pure investor because, you know, that takes a fair amount of capital before you reach that level. Um, don't go into it. You know, that's the first thing I say to them is unless you actually really, really, really love houses and real estate and that side of things, um, don't go into it right away. I mean, if you look at historically the last 20 years or so, if you'd put in, taken a dollar, suck it in the stock market or taken a dollar and suck it in real estate, um, your real estate would have to yield 6% cash flow per year to match what the stock market has done. Um, so don't think that you're going to go out there. And I just want to stress it again. Don't think you're going to go out there and it's going to be easy money for you. And it's going to be, you know, fast and hey, all of a sudden it's the road to wealth. Um, a lot of the times you're better off going into stock. That said, if you do want to make this your career, you're starting from nothing and you're just absolutely passionate about it. The first thing you have to do is find a mentor, find somebody who has been there. Um, there's no shortage of them. And by and large, they, like to help out people. Um, you know, if, you, if you're able to find somebody who's not sidelining, trying to sell you a get rich quick, you know, like I said, you know, the guru approach, um, then, you know, that's really what you need to look for. And they're, they're definitely out there and everybody benefits because, you know, they benefit from you bringing your questions into it and potentially even some capital to learn with them. They benefit because, um, you know, if you, if you try to explain something to somebody, you actually get a much better understanding of it um, than if you didn't. And they're different perspective and kind of everybody wins. So the first thing you need to do, find somebody who has done what you already or what you want to do and effectively just badger them until they start working with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, okay, so, so the, the advice, I, I get it. Find someone to mentor you. I, I love that. I think that that's that's the best advice. I just can't even imagine something more valuable than a good mentor when you're starting out. So where can someone find a mentor? I'm new. I don't know who can mentor me. Should I give them your your phone number and let them call you relentlessly? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, here's there's no shortage of people out there that will purport to be a mentor. Um, most of them are, or a lot of them are trying to sell you something. So Bigger Pockets is a great resource. There's plenty of people out there that are actually doing it. They're spending time answering questions in the forums, um, you know, doing blog posts, whatever. If you reach out to a couple of them and start having a dialogue and they start, you know, engaging with you, you're going in the right direction. If they start asking you to pay them for their services, um, probably not worth proceeding because you really quickly get into a conflict of interest sort of thing. Um, right. So, I mean, that's it's... It's like I said, it's not easy. <laughs> you need to find somebody who's doing it, but um, a lot of them are busy actually doing it, not necessarily raising their profile. But yeah. bigger pockets and stuff like that. There's enough people that are in this space 
And it might be one of those things you talk to one person who's like, oh, well, you know, there's this other guy who does it as well. Maybe you should go chat with him and you reach out to him. So you're going to have to beat the bush, beat the bush a few times um, until something useful falls out. Yep. And that's great. That's really good advice. I, I, there's just no way to shortcut your learning than to speak to someone who's done it and, and is currently doing it successfully. If, and that's the other key. If they're not currently investing, probably not the person you want to listen to. Well, it depends okay. on what they're doing. I know plenty of people who did it for a long, long time, and now they are just true passive investors, right? They've worked out deals with other people who are doing it for them, and they effectively just bring capital and a little bit of advice giving to the table. And honestly, if you can find one of them, they're a lot better than, um, I mean, they, they've been through it. That's what you want to find. Yeah, that that's fair. Actually, that's a good distinction because what I, where I was going with that was there's a lot of people who started investing maybe 15 years ago, had a little bit of success, created a course, and they now do the talk circuit, and they haven't really invested in the last 10 or 15 years. That's that's kind of who I'm thinking about. You should avoid. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so you go to South Bend quite a bit, which means you're in the car quite a bit. You're obviously juggling a, a growing business <clears throat> in that respect what tools what resources what things do you use in your daily business that help you be more efficient more effective get more done that kind of thing sure um we're actually in the process uh my back up so accounting for us is, is a big thing i mean we've got just in south bend we've probably got 200 ish units something like that so that's that's just a lot of transactions to run through on a daily basis um so one we're moving everything to paperless. So we're actually building a lot of technology tools, which is going to make our lives a lot easier. Our property management system is entirely web-based, um, so you can access it from anywhere in the world. Um, and they now, you know, anytime a bill comes through, a check comes through, anything comes in through the door, the first thing that happens is it's uploaded onto the Internet. Um, so once it's up on, I think we're using, well, we're using Google Drive at the moment, um, once it's out there, then you can really do whatever you want to. It doesn't really matter where you are. Um, so if you kind of want to get into a position where you can work from anywhere, um, that's kind of a necessary piece. Or you find somebody who can manage everything through and through, but that's going to be a little more expensive. Gotcha. Okay. So you're using, right now, using Google Drive to manage your documents? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're transitioning to it. Gotcha. But yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, awesome. So now let's say you have one opportunity here to either stop someone from investing in real estate or give them advice that they need to move forward. If you had one thing, one one piece of advice that you could give them, boil all your knowledge down, Kenny, to one succinct comment, what would it be? <laughs> all right, boil it down to two comments. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to find knowledge to boil down. It's just a, such a lack of it on my end. Uh, hey, I'm on, I'm on your website. I, I see there's a lot of knowledge here. <laughs> um, you do the numbers. Um, do the at numbers. At the end of the day, um, this is an investment, right? Do the numbers. Do them conservatively. Um, sometimes, a lot of the time, actually, the best investment you make is the one you didn't make. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't don't go to a building, get emotionally attached to it, have a model you put together before you went there. And then suddenly you start to love the building and you walk away from it. Trust your numbers, build a lot of safeties and safeties into your models and how you're analyzing these deals, because you're probably going to need them at some point or another. You want a strong business for and you probably want it to be able 
think pretty much everybody I've talked to in this game, they want to retire. Plan like you want this thing to last for the next, whatever, 50 years until you actually can retire. If you start, you know, no money down or being not quite giving yourself enough room for error, you know, Sod's Law, eventually it's going to go belly up and you're not going to have, you're going to be in a worse position than you started. So invest conservatively, build very, very conservative models and always trust the numbers. I love that. Probably my favorite thing you said there, and I don't hear this often enough, but it, man, it's, it's solid is do not fall in love with a property if the numbers don't make sense. I, I know too many people go in and go, boy, I, I just love that house. It's, it's just super cute. And, I, you know, if I was there, I, w- I would love it because of this and that. You're, you're not going to be there. It's, it's not your house and don't fall in love. And if the numbers don't make sense, then it, then fall out of love because that's the quickest way to lose money. Yep. And actually, I, I awesome. don't, uh, I don't look at properties until I punch the numbers, like even larger commercial stuff. You know, we've looked at larger multifamily apartment complexes effectively. Like I don't even bother driving by them until I have the full financials, which is apparently very rare. I don't know, but for that exact same reason, oh, it's such a great location. Oh, you know, it's 70% occupied, but if it was 90%, look how good the returns would be. <laughs> not 90%. We might be able to get it there, but let's not, let's not bank on that, huh? Uh, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, listen. I like I said. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, just a tr- uh, treasure trove full of knowledge, and I I couldn't uh, be more appreciative that you were uh, agreeable to come on the show. Um, just so everyone knows, the show notes, everything we talked about, the links, or anything that we mentioned on here will be at juststartrealestate.com forward slash Kenny Estes. Last name is E S T E S. So juststartrealestate.com forward slash Kenny Estes. Kenny, I appreciate you being on. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Remember, if you want to be a real estate investor, if you want to get involved in real estate and really do something big in this business, there's only one way to make that dream a reality. Just start. 